Hello and welcome to Cavalcade of America from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The DuPont Company of Wilmington, Delaware, makers of better things for better living through chemistry, presents the Cavalcade of America. Tonight's stars, Lorraine Day and Francois Tone. Tonight's DuPont Cavalcade is Once More the Thunderer, starring Lorraine Day and Francois Tone as Elizabeth and Henry Huff. Co-editors of the Vineyard Gazette. Betty and I were just out of journalism school and just married. We can still remember most of our wedding presents. There were at least six coffee <laughs> percolators, as I recall. Seven bridge lamps, five waffle irons, four sterling silver card trays, and a crocheted tea cozy. <laughs> and that wonderful phonograph you had to wind up. And a lot of records, including Bye Bye Blue by Isham Jones and his orchestra. Yes. All these in our heart's dearest desire from Henry's father. The gift that was to shape our lives. A country newspaper. The 75-year-old Vineyard Gazette of Martha's Vineyard Island. People at the wedding were a little baffled by this gift that excited us so much. Henry, what is Martha's Vineyard? It's an island off Massachusetts, Mary. A wonderful place. Really? Is it one of those tiny islands? No, not so tiny. About 20 miles from tip to tip. Almost 100 square miles. 40,000 people in summer. 4,000 year round. But look here, what'll you do with yourselves on that island? Oh, you'll publish this weekly newspaper, yes, but what'll you do the rest of the week? Oh, my. They should drop in someday. Yes, someday before press day. Something like that September 15th back in 44, remember? Oh, yes, that was quite a day. People recall later that there was a, a brassy feeling to the air in the late afternoon. But Henry and I didn't notice as we were working furiously against the weekly deadline. Captain Bellows made a few brief remarks in response. Jack! Yes, Mr. Huff, sir? Jack, this story of yours on the presentation of the gold watch to Captain Bellows. Oh, yes, sir. I, I tried to hold it down to three paragraphs. Well, that's just the trouble, Jack. You held it down too much. Huh? Betty, I've got Professor Jernigan waiting in the other room. Would you mind explaining to our budding journalist here the facts of life on a country paper? <laughs> oh, of course, Henry. I'm sorry, Mr. Huff, if I appear to be a dope. No, 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 Jack. Not at all. Mrs. Huff, if you please. Now then, Jack. About this story. Yes, ma'am? It isn't just an old man getting a watch. It isn't? No. Captain Bellows was master of a whaling ship a long time ago. And he did a lot of nice things for the island in his lifetime. Gee. He raised a fine family. He, he took part in every worthwhile community activity. 
and yesterday he was 90 years old. And people wanted to, to express their appreciation to a, a wonderful man with a, a wonderful life behind him. Oh. Now, we ought to have what, what the Toastmaster said in his speech and, and what old Captain Bellows said in reply. Oh, well, gosh, I'd have to go back and get that. I think it would be a good idea if you did, Jack. And you'd better hurry. It's pretty late. Okay, Mrs. Huffer, and don't worry. I'll get the yarn right this time. Oh, Scott. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Scott, but I'm in a big hurry. That kid. Mrs. Huff, I came in here to raise Cain about the cup. Oh, dear. Now, where's the story on the North Tisbury grass fire? Just finishing it. And how about the ham and bean supper at the Grange? That's coming right up. See, the Mason story's all set. Uh, too bad about young Mason, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Where is the lead editorial, Mrs. Huff? Henry is writing it now. He's in the other room checking his facts with Professor Jernigan. Professor Jernigan? Are they still carrying on that feud with an Nantucket paper? They certainly are. Hotter than ever. Well, okay. Oh, uh, by the way. Yes, Steve? We had the radio on in the composing room. New Bedford says we're liable to get that hurricane after all. I thought that was supposed to turn out to sea. That changed its mind. Hmm. Female-type hurricane, huh? <laughs> well, we'll worry about that when it comes. Henry, where this Nantucket fellow writes here, quote, compared to Nantucket in the whaling industry, Martha's Vineyard never had a day of glory, unquote. I think that is an extravagant statement. That right? is poppycock, 100% unvarnished poppycock. Well, I, I agree, Professor, but what about this where he quotes Herman Melville? That proves nothing. Melville wrote in Moby Dick. Now get this, Henry. Yes, yes. Melville wrote, quote, a whale ship was my Yale and my Harvard. Now, without a doubt, Melville was there referring to the whaling ship of Captain Valentine Pease of Edgartown, Martha's Vineyard. Good. We'll nail him on that. Oh, I thought you said we wouldn't be bothered in Well, here. I didn't think we would be. Come in. I'm sorry to disturb you, Henry, but Mrs. Mason is here. Oh, Mrs. Mason. I, I don't know what to tell her, Henry. Will you help me out? Of course. Excuse me, Professor Jernigan. I'll hurry back. Well, please do, Henry. By George, the honor of Martha's Vineyard has been impugned, and it's the responsibility of the Vineyard Gazette to defend it. It shall be defended, Professor. I'll be right back. Mrs. Mason, would you tell Henry what you've told me? Well, all right. I've just come from the sheriff's office, Mr. Huff. I've seen Tommy, and I've arranged for his bail. I see. I... I'm afraid the charges are true. Tommy was in no condition to drive the car, but... He... He did drive it. I'm awfully sorry Tommy got into this trouble. I suppose I should be very grateful that he didn't hurt anybody. And I am, of course, but... Mr. Huff, I can't think of anything now but Tommy's father. As you know, he's been very ill. He's just beginning to recover. Yes, I know. He's devoted to Tommy, and the shock of finding out that Tommy is charged with driving while intoxicated. Mr. Huff, I think it might kill my husband. You won't print the story, will you, Mr. Huff? Mrs. Mason, suppose we do what you ask. Suppose we suppress this story. Don't you see what it'll do to the Gazette? Oh, I don't see that it could do any possible harm. Well... For one thing, Mrs. Mason, it would make it impossible for us ever again to print a story about 
drunken driving. Why would it? If we suppressed a story for you, how could we ever refuse anyone else? Why, that, that's all very well, Mr. Huff, but you talk as if something tremendous were at stake, like, like freedom of the press, as if you were publishing a big paper in New York. Oh, but it isn't like that. This is such a little paper on a little island. Yeah, that's true, but... Mrs. Mason, where would you expect the press to begin to be responsible to its readers? Just in big cities? No. No, of course not. Oh, I know I haven't any right to ask you to do this thing. I swear, Mr. Huff, Mrs. Huff, I swear that if only Tommy and I were involved, I wouldn't ask it. I can take it, and Tommy will have to take it. His father could take it, too, later on, but not now. In that case, Mrs. Mason, maybe we can help you. Mrs. Huff. Betty, what do you mean? I mean this. As far as Mr. Mason is concerned, we'll suppress that story. Betty. Oh, bless you, Mrs. Just Huff. Just a minute. Don't, don't misunderstand me. We can suppress it only as far as Mr. Mason is concerned. We'll print one copy just for him. Oh. After our regular press run, we'll stop the press, lift out the story about Tommy, drop in some filler, and print one copy for you to give Mr. Mason. Sure. We can do that. Will that be all right with you, Mrs. Mason? Well, this puts my sincerity to the test, doesn't it? I'll be honest about it. I had hoped you wouldn't print anything at all, but what you've offered to do is more than fair. Thank you both. Sorry I said the Gazette was a little paper. Oh, that's all right. I think I've learned that it's really a pretty big paper. Goodbye, Thank you again. Gosh, it's getting pretty black outside. Yes, yes, yes. All right, now, where were we, Professor? In conclusion, in conclusion, the Vineyard Gazette desires to state that Martha's Vineyard captains sailed more voyages in more ships in more seas over the entire history of whaling the Nantucket captains ever did. Put it in your own words, Henry, that's the thought. Henry, the Coast Guard has, has just ordered the entire waterfront evacuated. That hurricane is going to hit us and hit us hard. When do they expect it to hit? Sometime this evening. That means we'll have to make over the whole paper to cover the storm. Betty, everybody works tonight. Of course. And Professor Jernigan, you'd better get home before it starts to blow. Oh, nonsense. I'm going down to South Beach to watch the breakers. I want to be prepared just in case somebody claims later on that they had bigger breakers at Nantucket. hard here. Yes. You will? Oh, oh, thanks. We, we can use anything you can give us. But be careful and don't... Hello? Oh, dear, we were cut off. That was Mr. Duffy of the New York Times, Henry. He's vacationing at East Chop. Says he'll cover the hurricane for us from there. It was awfully nice of him. Yes, of course. 
We do the same thing for the New York Times. Betty, we'd better have a piece on Hurricane Relief Fund. We'll, we'll serve as a clearinghouse. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I want to check the Coast Guard again. Hey, what's the matter with his phone? Hello? Operator, hello? Betty, this phone is dead. The wires must... Oh, there go the lights. Oh, great. The linotypes are dead. We haven't got any power. Well, now we are in trouble. Light those oil lamps, Steve. Betty, this storm looks as bad or worse than the Hurricane of 38. Because that's going to have a big job to do. We've got to get it out, somehow. I think it's beginning to blow itself out. Yeah, what time is it, Steve? Two o'clock. Open up! Open up, please! It's Jack! What the dickens is that kid doing out there? Get in here, Jack. Stop! Stop the press! Oh, oh Jack, no! What's the matter? The presses are stopped, and I'm afraid they're going to stay that way. Huh? No power, Jack. Oh, golly, and I got a swell eyewitness story all about how the waterfront is a shambles, a number it's of fine, people homeless. Fine, and... fine, fine. Good boy. Go over to the desk and write it. Okay. Well, Henry, what do we do? I don't know exactly. Well, there's not going to be a newspaper printed in this plant, that's certain. You may not get power again for days. You know these hurricanes. The Gazette hasn't missed an issue in 98 years. It's a doggone shame, that's what it is. Once more, the Thunderer goes to the world. The Thunderer? That's what they call the London Times. That's right. An old Lancashire printer we had years ago used to call the Gazette the Thunderer, comparing us to the great times of London. He did? Every week when the papers would be all wrapped and ready for the post office, this old fellow would waggle his head and say... I, once more, the thunderer goes to the world. <laughs> Used to make us feel good and proud the way you'd say it. I wonder how proud we'd be if we missed this edition. With a big story to tell, no one else to tell it. No radio station to fall back on. By George, the thunderer is going to the world this week, too. But, but how? You can't print it on this island. That's a lead pipe cent. All right. Maybe we'll print it someplace else. Steve, you get together everything we've got set up. And be ready to travel. Betty, you get your hat and coat. Listen, what, Henry, what are we going to We're going down to the waterfront, and if the Molly O is still in one piece, we'll try to get help by her ship's radio phone. Come on. Pond Cavalcade continues, starring Francho Tone and Lorraine Day as Henry and Betty Huff, editors of the Vineyard Gazette of Martha's Vineyard Island. The hurricane of September 15, 1944, has struck the island, leaving in its wake, among other problems, the problem of how to get out the paper with no electric power to turn the presses, no telephone service to contact the outside world. And now, in the cabin of his fishing schooner, Captain Bill tries to get help by ship's radio. Schooner Molly O calling Nantucket Marine Operator. Molly O calling Nantucket Marine Operator. Over. Well, it's no good, Henry. Nantucket is dead. Will you try Falmouth, Captain Bill? Falmouth. All right. Schooner Molly O calling Falmouth Marine Operator. Molly O calling Falmouth Marine Operator. Over. Same story in Salmon. Yeah, don't seem to be anything. Salmon Marine Operator. 
There's Falmouth. See if she can raise the Falmouth Enterprise. Oh, don't lose it, Captain Bill. Falmouth, will you ring the newspaper, ma'am? The Enterprise, over. They've got phone service anyway, Henry. Yes, and a paper of their own to get out. I think you folks maybe just better forget the whole thing. Ready with the Falmouth Enterprise. Go ahead, Molly O. Over. Up to it, Henry. Hello, Falmouth Enterprise. Henry Huff of the Vineyard Gazette calling. We've been we've been hit pretty hard down here. No power in the plant and uh, no prospect of getting any for several days. How, how are you fixed in Falmouth? Can we use your presses? Over. This is Joe, the janitor. We haven't got any power either. We're printing the paper at Procton. Everybody's up there now. Sorry, Mr. Huff. Oh, darn it. Much obliged, Joe. Thanks, just the same. Thank you, Falmouth Marine Operator. Molly O, signing off. Well, I guess you'll have to skip the edition this week. No, we can't do that. Hey, wait a minute, George Pope. What's that, Henry? George Pope, commercial printer at New Bedford. Used to be a newspaper man. Will you try New Bedford, Captain Bill? Yes, George Pope would help us if he could. All right. Schooner Molly O calling New Bedford Marine Operator. Schooner Molly O calling New Bedford Marine Operator. Over. If Falmouth didn't have power, maybe New Bedford hasn't either. Cross your fingers, Betty. Get on here, Henry. New Bedford, will you ring the George Pope Printing Company's plant? One moment. Stand by, Molly We better all cross our fingers. Another thing I can't figure, Henry. What are you going to do with all the type you had set up here? We'll just have to tote it along with us. Ready for the George Pope Printing Company. Go ahead, Molly Over. Hello. Hello, Pope Company. This is Henry Huff at Martha's Vineyard. We have no power here. Trying to find some place to print the paper. If George Pope is there, put him on, please. Over. George Pope speaking. Well, yes. Yes, we got power over here. Come along, Henry. Thanks a million, George. We're on our way. Now, we all straight, Betty? Right. Tom, Pete, and I will stay here until we have the last bit of copy written. Then I'll join you at New Bedford. Oh, but what about Jack? Oh, we could use him. Jack, you like to go along with Steve and me? Oh, boy. I, I mean, okay, sir. All right. Now, Betty, Steve and I will have everything else set up by the time you join us. Yes, Henry. The skipper's finally got the steam raised up to the pier. Car's loaded aboard, Mr. Huff. Good. Come on, Jack. Let's go. Yes, sir. Goodbye, Henry. Be careful. I hope it's not too rough. I hope not. See you in New Bedford. Well, there you are, Henry. Linotype's all set and ready to percolate. Yeah, fine. Thanks, George. Let's get going, Steve. Right. Oh, wait a minute here, Henry. What kind of press do you print on? Duplex Model A. Duplex Model... Oh, say, we can't accommodate you there, Henry. George, don't tell me. Now, don't get excited. Start setting your type. I'll get on the wire and I'll find you a duplex Model A if I have to call every printer in the entire Commonwealth of Massachusetts, person to person. Hello. Hello, operator. Hello. Is this Mr. Henry B. Huff? Yes, operator. This is Mr. Huff. One moment, please. I have a call for you, Mario, at Martha's Vineyard. Over. 
Hello. Hello, Henry. Come in. Betty. How is it there? Over. Terrific damage, Henry. Two fishermen drowned at South Beach. A lineman killed. Can you hear me, Henry? Over. Yes, yes, yes. Go on, Betty. Waterfront's a complete wreck. Henry, nobody knows where to start. They need the paper, Henry. They're going to get it, Betty. Listen, don't bother to tell me any more now. Write it and bring it along. To New Bedford? No, Plymouth. George Pope has found us press our size in Plymouth. The Beacon Press. Got that, Betty? Plymouth? Over. I've got it. See you at Plymouth, Henry. Goodbye. Hey, uh, Henry. Huh? Oh, George. Say, I just talked to Betty. She's meeting me at Plymouth. We can set the rest of the copy there. Why, yes, yes. Eventually, I imagine you can. Yes, things have... What do you mean, eventually? Keep your shirt on, Henry. I just had another call from Plymouth. Well, what's wrong? You said they had a duplex Model A press. Yeah, they have, Henry, but that buzz failed again. Oh, no. Henry, maybe you better forget this week's edition after all and get some sleep. No, we won't. We'll go to Plymouth and wait for power. Oh, our company says they're doing the best they can. That's all they can promise us for us in here in Plymouth. Thanks, Ted. Well, it's just a tough break. Well, I'll be around. Oh, uh, here. Better leave this oil lamp. All right, Ted. I'll hustle up some coffee. I'd love some coffee. Well, Betty? It was a good try, Henry. Well, what day is it, anyway? I guess it's uh, Sunday morning now. I was, I was hoping we'd have the paper at the post office by Monday morning, anyway. We'd better not count on it anymore. Betty, does it occur to you that things don't get any easier as it goes along? We're working just as hard today as we were when we started out. I suppose so. I guess it'll always be that way. I mean, country editors don't ever look down from lofty pinnacles of success <laughs> and delegate authority and take things easy, do they? No, they, they just keep on being country editors. <laughs> old country editors are like old sailors. They never die. They just fade away. <laughs> but we wouldn't trade, would we? Never in this world. <sighs> I'm going to close my eyes for just a few minutes. Do that, Henry. I'm whipped. <sighs> I'm all... Hey, what's that? Henry, the light... The lights went on. That means power. We've got power. Come on, Betty. We're going to press. <laughs> Here you are, folks. First copies. Looks pretty good, too. Oh, yeah, it looks fine. Well, let me see. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. We don't have to be ashamed of this paper, Henry. No, it's a good job. You yeah, better Good it. job, if you well, ask folks, me. <laughs> now it's over, maybe you'd answer a little question for me. Why, sure, Ted. Well, I'm speaking just as a commercial printer, not as a newspaper man, but why did you go to so much trouble to get the paper out? I mean, uh, couldn't you have skipped this one edition? What did it all prove? Well, for one thing, it proved that the island had a paper it could count on. A paper didn't suspend publication just because it had become inconvenient. Yes? You see, Ted, in this emergency, the Gazette was the only voice the people of the island had. And now the people will know what the full story is. They'll, they'll know how to begin to repair the damage to help the ones who need help. Yes, I see. 
I wonder if I could ask a question. Something that's been bothering me all summer. What's that, Jack? Well, the way you play up little things and make big stories out of them and never write editorials about world affairs or democracy or... or I don't know. I'm just confused. Well, well, Jack, in putting out a country newspaper, Betty and I have discovered that... You don't have to talk a lot about democracy in order to have something to do with democracy. Sure, you can have an international viewpoint without turning your back on the things that are local and small. Because no principle is too large to be practiced in even the, the smallest community. Well, I guess I didn't think of it that way. Why, the way you put it, even a little paper can be important. Yes, Jack. Yes. In America, Jack, every little paper can be as important and as free as the biggest paper in the world. Today, the 105-year-old Vineyard Gazette is one of the most frequently quoted of country weeklies. And in telling the story of Henry and Betty Huff, the Cavalcade of America salutes the men and women of all newspapers, large and small, for their contribution to America's free press. Thanks to Lorraine Day and Francho Tone and the Cavalcade players for tonight's story. Next week, the DuPont Cavalcade is called Man of Action and stars Dane Clark as Commodore David Porter, one of America's great naval heroes. We invite you to listen. Tonight's DuPont Cavalcade was written by Gerald Holland, and was adapted from the book, Once More the Thunderer, by Henry Beetle Huff, published by Ives Washburn. Music was composed by Arden Cornwell, conducted by Donald Borries. The program was directed by John Zoller. This is Cy Harris speaking. Don't forget next week, Dane Clark in Man of Action. The DuPont Cavalcade of America comes to you from the Belasco Theater in New York, and is sponsored by the DuPont Company of Wilmington, Delaware, makers of better things for better living through chemistry. For more good times here, Baby Snooks on NBC.